Okay, so, oh, so Yeshua is coming back, right? And they kept asking that question, are you ready? Somewhere in the lyrics, are you ready? Yeah, people get ready. Are we ready? Prayerfully, we stay in a mode of readiness. This one. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, so part of the mode of being ready that I've been learning in this last month of Elul. So the month before Tishrei, the month before Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, is the month of Elul. It is the month of getting ourselves ready, of preparing for the high holy days. And part of what we do is ask the Lord to search our heart. We use the scripture from Psalm 139, search me and know my heart and show me if there is any wicked way in me so that we can repent and get right with the Lord and be ready for when the holidays come. So this was a little bit of a challenging um, 30 days for me because I didn't know there was so much in me that needed to be um, corrected. I know there's a lot, but I didn't realize there was so much. But that's because the closer we get to God, we see every teeny tiny sin and we can't stand it and to be within us. And that's a good thing. So one of the things that um, I have to confess is that, and it's something that has kind of plagued me all my life, and that is being a tad legalistic. Anybody relate to that at all? Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm not alone. And God's not finished with me. He's not finished with you. There is always time, and God is good, and his mercies endure forever. So one of the things that, um, that I thought was so great was when the Lord showed us, revealed to us, that the first of Tishri was Yom Teruah, the day of sounding. Because that's what it says in the scripture. But then, wait a minute. How come when I go in the store, I see all these Rosh Hashanah cards? How come when I hear my Jewish friends greet each other, it's L'Shana Tova, Happy New Year. So, wait a minute. Are they wrong and we are right? What's the answer? No. 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 There's a word called grace. There's a word called humility. When we allow God to speak to us and show us his truth and show us a better way a better way to leave the legalism behind 
to embrace our brethren who worship on Rosh Hashanah. So I want to read you something. And I have to say, it's pretty incredible. Somebody handed me a, um, a teaching this morning on how Rosh Hashanah came to be Rosh Hashanah. Well, I had already done some of that research. It wasn't four pages long, that I, but I'm anxious to read it. But what I do understand is that God is working. He is working in all of us. He is working in the world. We may not see it. We may not hear it, but God is working. If we don't believe that, we might as well just eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, right? If we don't believe that our God is working in us, in the world, in our families. So many of you may know that um, the name Rosh Hashanah means head of the year. And we might think, well, how could the seventh month be the head of the year? Well, very simply, it's the head of a different counting of the season. In biblical times, and even before biblical times, the autumn was considered the head of the year because it was a time of a new beginning. It was a time when you gathered your crops. It was a time when you got together your tithe from your crop and you brought it into the storehouse of the Lord. This was before Exodus 12 when the Lord said to Israel, this, meaning the first of Nisan, shall be the first of the months for you, the first of your year. But before that time, Israel had always looked at the head of the year being the first of Tishrei because it was a new season. It was a season of gathering in the harvest. It was a season of new beginnings. And it also, according to scripture, is the time when we count from one Shemitah to the next. We don't start on the first of Nisan, which is at Passover. We start in the month of Tishrei. And the shofar of Jubilee is sounded in the month of Tishrei, in the seventh month. Well, Jubilee signifies the beginning of a Jubilee year. Well, how could that be? It can only be if God says. So God says, in effect, that we have two new years. One is the sacred new year that begins in Nisan. And the other is the mm, traditional, or I don't like to use the word secular, but a what? Maybe. The spiritual new year begins at the first of Nisan with Pesach. So let me just say secular, although I don't like to use that word because when I think of secular, it means devoid of God. But this is not devoid of God. Because in the time of bringing the harvest in, it is the time of thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the Shemitah goes into effect, it is a time of blessing God for this specific counting of time. And then when we sound the shofar for the Jubilee year, 
That's the year of freedom. That's the year of sounding the shofar for setting the captives free, removing debt from people, from their lives, from their livelihood. And so God began to show me that I had kind of dug in my heels with this Yom Teruah thing. And that's pretty much the way that he said it to me. He said, there is a wideness in my mercy. And there is a wideness in the understanding of what I am doing. And one of the things that we as a messianic community understand is that we are one with Israel. We are one with Israel, saved and unsaved, one with Israel. We would lay down our lives for our saved messianic brothers and sisters, but we would also lay down our lives for those that are not yet saved in the household of Israel. There is no difference. We are either one with Israel as a people, messianic and non-messianic, or we are not. And what does God say? We are to be one. What did Yeshua say? We are to be one as he and the Father are one. And so I had to repent of digging my heels in and saying, nope, this is Yom Teruah. That's what your word says. And I realized that I had not given God the liberty in my life to teach me something new. And if we do not remain teachable, we're in trouble. So, Lishana Tova, everyone. Because today is Rosh Hashanah, as we are one with our brothers and sisters. It is also Yom Teruah. So, Hag Sameach, everyone. And let's let God teach us a new thing. In Scripture, He continues to say, Behold, I do a new thing. Let's let him do a new thing in us. You know, the other thing that I love about this and many other Messianic congregations, we are not afraid to say, sing that song that says, Jesus is coming back. We don't dig our heels in and say, it's only Yeshua. We are one with our Christian brothers and sisters as well. We're going to miss a whole lot if we miss the idea of being echad, one. How will we ever be one new man if we dig our heels in on the little stuff? This is little stuff. People are dying outside these doors. They are dying to hear the good news of Yeshua. And if we're fighting amongst ourselves what we're going to call this holiday and how we're going to observe it, we're going to waste so much time when we can be using our mouths to preach Yeshua, the Messiah. <laughs> Praise God. It's high time we wake up out of our We've got our blinders on. We've got strongholds in our lives. David, I want you to come up and sound the shofar. I want you all to stand up. 
let God break these things in our life that keep us from growing, that keep us from recognizing that we are one, that keep us stuck. I don't want to be stuck. I was stuck for way too long. But we are all set free. So sound the Jubilee Shofar for freedom. Hallelujah. 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 Bless your name, O oh God. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Bless your name. You may be seated. So one of the things that also convicted me as I was studying this week is not only the time that we waste in splitting hairs, and what did Yeshua say? Straining gnats? Straining gnats. Um, but just the idea that time is really short. We say that every year, but it's closer now than it was last year. And so we need to use these mouths as the shofars of God to bring the good news to the people around us who are dying in their sins. You know, every denomination on the face of this earth has their own little doctrine, like this is how you get to go to heaven. But God says, this is how you get to go to heaven. There is no other way there is no other way except through the truth of the word of God. There is only one truth. There are not multiple truths. There is one truth. His name is Yeshua. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. This is all we need. We don't need printouts of what we believe, what we don't believe. This is all we need. And let me tell you, if we know this, when the difficult days come, we will, yes, most, it's already begun, but we will not be deceived because this will be our plumb line. And the word of God in Psalm 119 says this, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. But also when we hide the word of God in our hearts, we know the false from the real. And we're getting into a place in history that is very dangerous where so many people cannot discern between the truth and a lie, good and evil. I, this is not a plug for Jonathan's new book, but I started reading this and I kind of got stuck on chapter one. because it was so profound. And I love the way Jonathan is able to articulate what God downloads to him. You know, sometimes you can listen to people and it's way beyond my, beyond my pay grade. I can't understand what they're talking about. But Jonathan makes it so simple. And he begins, I'm just gonna read two paragraphs because it tells us where we are 
and it tells us what we need to be aware of in these days that we're living in. And I need you to be ready to come up and blow the shofar again. So he begins by saying this, a darkness has come upon the world. In scripture, in Isaiah, God tells Isaiah to write this, that darkness has come upon the people, deep darkness, a great darkness. And I don't know where we are in that great darkness, whether it's the beginning, the middle, it's not the end yet, but we are in a great darkness. A darkness has come upon the world. It is an ancient darkness, and yet new in its manifesting. In other words, the darkness of the enemy, Hasatan, has been around for a very long time, far longer than humanity has been around. He is an ancient darkness, but he's manifesting in a new way. It is, at the time of this writing, permeating our media, our entertainments, our marketplaces, our schools, our corporations, our public squares, our governments, our culture, and our lives. It is setting in motion the transformation of our society, the overturning of ancient foundations, and the destroying of age-old standards of morality, values, perception, and faith. Where do we find those standards? In the scripture. This is the profound paragraph. It is an unrelenting darkness. Unrelenting. Earlier I said God never gives up on us. Neither does Satan. He is out to destroy humanity. He is out to destroy believers. If he can get rid of us or cause us to stumble and fall, just take us out. He doesn't have to kill us. All he has to do is make us ineffective. And that's so easy for him to do if we are not aware. It is an unrelenting darkness, one that seeks not only to exist and grow, but to exercise total dominion. Total dominion. To force all it touches into submission. We see that around us every single day. And what is amazing to me is that the other side is half our numbers. Why aren't we making a difference? This darkness forces all it touches into submission to subjugate language. Think of how our language has changed simply by people saying, you may not say this anymore. Or when you say it, it means something different. It's like you have to learn to speak again. To alter perception, this AI I don't even know what to say about it. It is so demonic. And this darkness seeks to bend reality into its image. And in so many ways, it is succeeding. It is a darkness 
that requires every tongue to confess its name. This scripture says that there is only one name that we are supposed to confess. The name Yeshua. He goes on to say that this darkness requires every knee to bow down in worship. This word says that I bow down, we bow down in worship to one, Yeshua, and the Lord God of Israel. If we know this, we won't be deceived by that. As for those who would defy or resist its conquest, that's us. Raise your hand if that's you. You are resisting or defying the conquest of this darkness, this unrelenting darkness, this darkness that seeks total dominion. As for those who would defy or resist its conquest, it seeks to assimilate and transform them or else destroy them. So here are our choices as time goes by. We get to assimilate. Huh, that didn't end well for the Jews during the time of Hanukkah, did it? Those that assimilated, who decided they would worship Antiochus Epiphanes. That did not end well for them. How about it seeks to transform us? Hmm, I read something in your bulletin. Ah. Keep letting yourselves be transformed by the renewing of your minds. How do you renew your mind? The Word of God. So, as I'm reading what it's seeking to do, we have the antidote right here in front of us. The last thing, okay, it's either assimilate, transform, or destroy. You know what Rabbi Scholl wrote in Philippians? He wrote how he wanted to be likened to Messiah Yeshua and the likeness of his sufferings and the likeness of his death. Think of all those for 2,000 years who have gone before us who were willing to lay down their life for the gospel. For anyone who has any contact or reads on a regular basis, maybe stories or sees them on the internet, voice of the martyrs, there are martyrs in our day who are willing to die for the gospel. We in the United States don't know suffering. All the rest of the world knows suffering, except for us as a people. And I'm not saying that people in the United States don't suffer. Please don't take my words out of context. I am simply saying, are we ready? Are we ready for those that come against us and seek to assimilate us or transform us? or destroy us. You know what picture I have in my head? I don't know how many years ago it was. Those Coptic Christians in Egypt 
Was it Egypt or Libya? Egypt. They were by the sea, by the ocean. They were in these orange jumpsuits. They were marched onto the beach. They were forced to kneel down, and one by one, their heads were chopped off because they would not renounce their faith in Yeshua. Those are our brothers and sisters. That's just one instance. There are multiple instances. We have been so protected, so far removed from the rest of the world in our prosperity, in our complacency, that when truly the difficult days come, and I don't mean what we've been through since, say, the pandemic. That's chump change compared to what's going to happen. So if we got all bent out of shape over the pandemic, I don't know how we'll make it through the difficult days. I'm going to read that sentence again. As for those who would defy or resist the conquest of this darkness, this unrelenting darkness, that darkness seeks to assimilate and transform them or else destroy them, even to destroy their will to resist it. May that not be possible. May our faith in God and our connection, our communication with God be so strong that our will would not be destroyed to resist what's coming. His last two sentences are these. It is a totalitarian darkness. It cannot rest until all lights are extinguished. But God says this in Isaiah. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon all of you. All of you. The light of Yeshua burning in us. The fire of his passion burning in us will defeat the enemy of our soul. But it comes at a price. And the price is dying to self. The price is laying it all on the altar and giving the Lord every part of our lives. Every Shabbat, we stand up and we say these words, that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind. That's all. That's all. That is totalitarian. All, but for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. So David, would you come up? Would you all please stand for the sounding of the shofar?
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a song that Paul Wilbur sings. It's called The Watchman. And at the very beginning, he speaks this introduction. And he says this. Behind the veil of what is seen the natural eye, a great event is being prepared. A war and a wedding feast will have their place in time. Soon and not yet is the word that the watchman gives as he strains his eyes through the darkness of the night mist. He can sense that just beyond the horizon, a great brightness is preparing to break forth. Amen. So arise, you sleepers. Shake off your slumber. He calls, come and fill your lamp with fresh oil. Trim your wick. Cry out in the streets and do not let your voice be silent. Let your voice be like the shofar. Amen. Let it sound the love and mercy and truth of our Lord. For the coming of the great king is at hand. Arise and shine for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. While we wait for the Lord, we are strong and of a good courage. And we wait for the Lord. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech ha'olam, asher natan lanu haderech le'yeshua, b'mashiach Yeshua, amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the way to salvation in Messiah Yeshua, amen. Hu adon, hu adon, Yeshua hamashiach, hu adon. Tikra kol berech, tishava kol ashon, Yeshua HaMashiach, who adon. He is Lord. He is Lord. Yeshua HaMashiach, he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Yeshua HaMashiach, he is Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.